If I say the word gift or present, I'm, I'm pretty sure the very first holiday that comes to mind is Christmas. Is that right, kids? Is that right, boys and girls? Today, it's, it's a tough task, but today we're going to try to change that. The first thing you think of when you think of gifts. Christmas is important. Christmas is celebrating Jesus coming to earth as a baby to take on human flesh. We call that the incarnation. That was very crucial and central to his work and to our faith. And we give gifts at Christmas to reflect the gift, capital G, God's Son. While Christmas is the start of Christ's work on earth, Good Friday and Easter are the completion of that work. And Easter provides us with amazing, incredible gifts. And they are gifts that you need for your life. And I have, I have to tell you, it, it's, it's okay to sometimes talk about what we need and what we get as Christians. In fact, in uh, the Heidelberg Catechism, it's a Bible study that's in the back of the blue hymnal. It's a great summary of the Bible that we have as a church. Christians around the world have used it for centuries. When it's talking about the resurrection, it says, how does the resurrection benefit us? So it's making it really personal. What are the benefits to us? Because, you see, the Christian faith fills your deepest longings. Jesus satisfies you with an ultimate satisfaction that nothing else in this world can. Jesus provides us what we need for this life and the next. We're talking about this here at Faith just last Sunday. How do we persuade others of the faith and of Jesus? Well, something major that we can do is say to people, hey, the Christian life works like no other life. And we can say that because we have our lives and experiences as living proof and evidence of that through whatever life brings, even the very worst, the Christian life works. Countless people throughout the centuries can testify to this. I stand here this morning and I can testify to this. My wife Sarah can. So can Pastor Mike and Laura. As your pastors, we can testify that the Christian Life works, and hundreds of others here this morning can testify to the same thing. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is absolutely critical in all of this. We find when we read God's word that Easter provides three great gifts to us, and that's how we're going to see this morning how critical it is. Number one, 
Resurrection faith. That's the first gift we're going to talk about. Resurrection faith. Faith. That's the heart and the foundation of it. 1 Corinthians 15, 14. If Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless. And so is your faith. Your faith is useless without the resurrection. Verse 17 If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. Without what we're celebrating today, no salvation, no faith, no church, no people of God, it's all in vain. That's how important Easter is. But with the resurrection, and the Gospels all take pains to show us how many witnesses there were of the resurrection, With the resurrection, we've got it all. We have salvation. We have faith. We have forgiveness. And we need those things. That's why Jesus came in the first place, that first Christmas. That's why he lived his life on earth. And that's why he headed to the cross. To bring us into a relationship with God that had been broken by sin a relationship that's been broken by our own sins too. Because of the resurrection, we're not stuck in our sins. We're forgiven. We've been made free. And the Bible tells us that God's salvation, the faith, it's not something we need to earn. It's a gift. It comes to us by grace. We spoke about this grace a couple of months ago here at Faith, if you remember, reflecting on the difference between grace and karma. You've heard of karma. It's something a lot of people kind of talk about and refer to and think is kind of cool these days. I want to tell you a true story about karma and grace and a member of our church. It's a church member who had heard that message on karma and grace and had a really interesting conversation not too long ago with someone. He met someone in his neighborhood who was looking for a street address to do, I think it was to do an appraisal or something like that. This person from our church, in an effort to share the faith, took the opportunity when he was talking about finding this address, this home. He said, yeah, well, I I live over here, but my real home is waiting for me in heaven someday. And that opened things up. You know, see, there there are ways to use your words to persuade others, to talk about the faith, to open up the conversation. And it did in this case. This guy who was maybe in his 20s, I think he told me, told this member of our church how the other day, And this is a crazy story, but listen to it. It is true. I couldn't have made this up. Um, He told this member of our church how the other day he came across a car that was stuck on a train track at a railroad crossing. The car was running. The accelerator was stuck. The older woman driving the car was still in the car trying to get it off the tracks, but she couldn't get the car to move. The younger man got her out of the car, went into the vehicle, still couldn't get the accelerator unstuck. The car was at like full RPMs. 
somehow it was, it was jammed there and stuck in the tracks. He finally got the car off by doing something that maybe wasn't the brightest thing to do, but it worked. With the car at full RPM, he yanked it into reverse. It moved. I guess it really it jumped. But the end result was he got the car off the tracks. He and the driver, everybody was safe. This was his conclusion to that event, to that story. He said something like this. Yeah, yeah, I guess that was karma. The church member didn't let him off the hook. He said, man, you didn't need karma there. You needed grace. You needed the grace of God. And after thinking about it and talking about it for a while with this young man, the guy agreed. He promised never to use the word karma again because karma is getting what you deserve. What goes around comes around. No one in their right mind wants what they deserve. Our actions and thoughts and motives and attitudes are all too often not what they should be. And the Bible calls that sin. We need to get out of that cycle of what goes around comes around. A couple months ago, in talking about this, I quoted Bono because he had some really great words to say about it describing the Christian faith. Listen to what he says about this again. Love interrupts the consequences of our actions. If karma was going to be the final judge, I would be in serious trouble. The death and resurrection of Jesus come in and interrupt that cycle of life. Jesus took on the sins of the world and he defeated sin and death so that our sinful nature does not reap the obvious bad results. This is the point of the resurrection. The resurrection of Jesus makes this possible. We're declared righteous. Jesus steps in. God steps in in the midst of our lives and troubles, and he makes everything right. Faith is a gift you need. It's the foundation for living. You just have to open up your heart and accept it. Believe in Jesus. It's something that you can have because it's a gift. It's a free gift. It's God's work given by grace, not something you have to work for. And it's something to share this faith, as we've been talking about around here a lot lately. It's, we share it in word and deed. Resurrection faith, the second gift of Easter, is resurrection love. By God's grace, he comes in, he gives us salvation, new life. Love is the guiding principle for the new life we have. Love is the way to live the new life. We love God above all. We love our neighbor as ourselves. 2 Corinthians says that in Christ Christ, We are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. Romans 6, 5, and 6. If we've been united with him in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. Romans 6, 11 and following. In the same way, count yourselves dead 
to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. So, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, our sin, our old self, is put to death, and we come alive to a brand new way of living. And we're given the guiding principle of this way of life, love. It's a gift, this love of God. And we're also called to live it actively. There's a movie called The Missing a few years back. Uh, The actor Tommy Lee Jones was in it. I have not seen it, so I can't recommend it one way or the other. I understand that Tommy Lee Jones' character is a Native American, and at one point in the movie, he says something very interesting. He says this, Inside you are two dogs. One is evil, the other is good. The mean dog fights the good dog all the time. Which one wins? I don't know. Whichever one I feed the most. You've experienced the mean dog come out in your life, haven't you? And you see, even while we have and are given resurrection faith and love in Jesus, the old way will still try to rear its ugly dog head in your life. So our calling is not only to receive the love of Christ, but also to live it, to live it. We're called to feed the love. We're called to feed that new life. Don't feed the old life. Feed the new life with God's word by being among God's people, by being a part of the church, growing in your faith, growing and serving others. And while we sometimes fail and make mistakes, yes, even believers do. We fail to love God. We fail to love others as we ought. Despite those mistakes, we can get back up on our feet again and do better because of the resurrection, because of the resurrection power of Jesus, because he has put sin to death, because he was raised to new life. In his work and in his power and in his strength, not your own, not our own, in his power, the resurrection power, we can truly live the new life. Resurrection love can truly become more and more the guiding principle for your life and for your living. Finally, we have the gift of resurrection hope today. Resurrection hope. 1 Corinthians fifteen nineteen. If only for this life we have hope in Christ... We are to be pitied more than all men. That's what Paul says. The fact is, we don't have hope only for this life. As Christians, we do have hope for our lives now, and that's really important. We have hope for this life. We have purpose. We have direction. Our direction is to love God above all, to love our neighbor as ourself. Our direction and purpose is to live for Jesus, to live for others. But as important as having hope and purpose and direction now is, we have ultimate hope too. We have hope not only for our lives here, 
We have hope for eternity. The Bible tells us that the last enemy, death, has been defeated by Jesus. When we belong to Jesus, we have hope after death. Paul says in the verses we read that those who have fallen asleep, and that's a nice way of saying those who have died, he says they are alive. They're safe with Jesus. And these lilies up here are more than a nice, fragrant decoration. These lilies, if you looked in the back section of your bulletin, these lilies represent that reality that believers who have gone before are now with Jesus. If you have opened your heart to Jesus in this life and are living close to him, you can trust that you will be with him even after death in the next life. And Jesus is coming again. At the end of time, when Jesus returns, all those who have died already and belong to Jesus, the Bible says, they'll receive new bodies. Now, a little, something a little different for those who are alive when Jesus returns. And, you know, that could include you and me. We could very well be alive when Jesus returns because he could come back any day. The Bible says he's coming soon, like a thief in the night. We don't know the day or the hour, so we need to be ready. Those who are alive when Jesus returns could be any day, could be all of us here, could be some of us, many of us. Those who are alive when Jesus returns and have believed in Jesus, the Bible says, will be caught up in the air. They will instantly be transformed to their new state, perfect heavenly bodies, and they, we will live with the Lord forever. All of that is possible and will happen because of the resurrection. The resurrection. There is hope for believers who die. There is hope for you because of the resurrection. That's what I wanted to share with you. That's what God laid in my heart this morning. Three great gifts of the resurrection. Resurrection faith, the foundation the necessary foundation of your life. Resurrection love, the guiding principle for your life and all your living and day-to-day decisions. Resurrection hope, a bright and exciting future in this life and the next. These are the gifts of the resurrection for you. They are for all who believe in God's word and trust in Jesus. They are for all who open their hearts to him. If you're unsure of what that means this morning, what it means to open your heart to Jesus, what it means to believe in him, please talk to me or to Reverend Laird after the worship service. We're also going to have elders at All of the doors as you go out, they're available to talk, to pray, if you'd like that too. We want you to have the indescribable gifts of the resurrection. You need them. Easter's even better than Christmas. 
because of what Jesus has done and because of all that the resurrection means for your life. Amen.